Could your financial assets be with a fake advisor? How do you know someone really has the credentials they say they do? And no, because your friend said so does not count. One imposter recently got away with building an advisory business of more than 900 clients. They gave him $172 million to manage. And they all were duped into believing he was the real deal. We're going to talk about that. We're going to have the results of a very interesting poll that we did online and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up Podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And from Detroit, Michigan, in my mom's half-finished basement where we make the Stacking Benjamins show, I'm Joe Salcihai. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on the recent headlines and stories, and we share them with you, our audience. We break them down into what matters to all of you, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own, and we do it six days a week. It's all for better smart money management. By the way, if you want smart money management, head to M1 Finance. Take control and personalize your finances. Invest, borrow, and spend seamlessly all in one platform. For more on M1 Finance, head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash M, the number one finance. We have a story that makes me sick to my stomach. It also makes me just shocked because for all the scams that we've heard about in recent years, this one really just blew me away. (laughs) I mean, I can't even begin. Uh, OMG. There's even a Facebook group that people were in for this person. It's so amazing. I mean, really? Yeah. Well, let's stop foreshadowing. We'll tell you what we're talking about. Let's see who's kicking off today's show for us. This is Bethany from the Money Millhouse. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, it's time for our headlines. This uh, piece comes to us from Investment News, which is an industry rag, a place where financial planners and financial services people hang out. I found this one, Bobby, as I was flipping, and I thought we definitely have to talk about this. And Uh, you flipped out over it. And I did flip out. Uh, This is written by Bruce Kelly. Bruce's headline is Phony Advisor with $172 million in client assets had lots of baggage. And you'll find out what a play on words. (laughs) Lots of baggages. For more oh, than yeah. for more than a decade, Marcus Timeo, um, Mr. Kelly writes, posed as an investment advisor, and he apparently had a lot of success playing the part. Remarkably, when Mr. Timeo's business was shut down by the state of Nevada in 2017, he had 900, 900 clients and $172 million in assets. By the way, just to give you an idea, I did not have a big financial planning practice, but I didn't have a small one. I'm pretty middle. I managed $65 million and I was legit. This guy is managing way, way, way more money, supposedly managing, right? In air quotes, more money than I did. So that just kind of gives you an idea of how much money that was. Anyway, problem was his day job was working as a baggage handler for an airline and he never registered as an advisor with any state or the Securities and Exchange Commission. On the side, Mr. Tomeo, 46 and based in Las Vegas, happened to provide investment advisory services to his colleagues without the proper license or registration. Just to make it even more interesting, the name of his sham practice 
was called Bored at Work, according to an SEC cease and desist order from last week. Mr. Tomeo, who did not respond in email request to comment, not a shock, started giving investment advice in 2003. And by the SEC's account, he had an extraordinary run as a phony investment advisor. He convinced his clients to give him online access to the airline retirement accounts, which he used to select investments and make trades for them for a $300 annual fee, according to the SEC. And his business began to really take off. Get it, Bobby? Take off? At the end of 2015, after a Facebook posting in which he claimed falsely to have nearly $1 million in his own retirement account, what he did was showed a cropped image of a client's account statement to get that. In fact, his account was worth only $160,000 when he left his job at the airline in 2017. This gets even better, though, Bobby. Yes, uh, Mr. Tamayo's business was lucrative between January and August of 2017. He received more than, so that's like six months, guys. He received more than $150,000 in advisory fees from clients. His work was also very public. This guy wasn't hiding, guys, on his Facebook page. He answered questions about retirement investing. And then he posted information about the retirement plan of the airline, which is not identified, by the way, in the SEC's order. Mr. Tamayo also posted pictures of a color chart to encourage employees to save. Orange stood for $1 million in retirement savings, according to the SEC. His Board at Work Project Facebook group continued to grow. When he took it down last January, he had nearly 9,000 members. So oh, my goodness. How many are in the Stacking Benjamins group, by the way, Joe? <laughs> How many got there at Facebook? Uh, just over 5,000. There you go. Okay. He had chutzpah. He tried to sneak one past the SEC in 2018 when he tried to register his new company, Board at Work Retirement Services, as an investment advisor with the SEC, but he failed to disclose to the SEC the 2017 Nevada disciplinary action. Last week, the SEC announced the settlement alleging he defrauded uh, clients and failed to register his investment advisory business. He neither admitted or denied it, but he agreed to pay Fees, disgorgement to clients of $155,000 as well as a fine of $50,000. That doesn't sound like all that much. Um, And just skipping forward a little bit, a big part of this problem is that investors choose advisors they know and trust without doing the appropriate vetting. Mr. Tamayo had more than 900 clients. How could that many people fail to check him out with FINRA, the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority? or with the SEC. This is all public information, my friends, guys. Another issue is that such fake advisors often use financial institutions like banks, brokerage firms, and in Mr. Tamayo's case, retirement plan administrators to run their frauds and deceptions. So we don't really know, Joe, the article points out, are these institutions doing enough to protect their clients? And if we want to stop there, but also, you know, it goes into identity theft and, you know, giving a custodian control over things and so on. Well, I do like the next paragraph. So I'll read that. These issues, these issues go back to the fact that the country does nothing to educate people in terms of financial literacy, said uh, uh, Janice Malecki, an industry attorney. People are taught how to make money, but not what to do with it. So the public doesn't know if it's appropriate to invest with someone who's not licensed or registered. That puts little pressure on banks and their attorneys to sniff them out. I agree with that, Bobby, but I think that also oversimplifies the issue. We've seen so many problems in financial literacy. We've done stories before where these literacy programs sound great. They don't work. Students will tell you all day they know what's going on. They still make the same mistakes with their money. So, um, but, But the idea, though, of hiring somebody who's unregistered, 
that should be pretty easy to solve. It is pretty easy to solve, but how much are people really actually checking whether the person that they are giving their money to to man it is actually registered? I mean, someone could have a fake diploma up. You could have fake certificates up. Nobody really knows. And the truth is, it's not that hard. As you accurately point out, it is not that hard to actually verify. I've been honestly thrilled. I Rebel is my maiden name, and I'm a CFP under my married name, Kaufman. And I love it when reporters have, to their credit, they have gone and checked my CFP registration and they've asked for my number because there is a different name. I have the, my, I think I have both Rebel and Kaufman there, but it might come up under the K's there. And I love it that, you know, when I've been quoted by some mass uh, media, you know, prestigious organizations, they don't just say, well, she's been quoted before as a CFP. They have actually gone and asked for that license number and people don't do that enough. I think it's important no matter where you get your advice to kind of know where it comes from and also know what the point of view is. And this might be a little bit of a tangent, but you'll see all the time bloggers that talk about advisors that charge commissions and yet they have affiliate relationships with with uh, brands and it's the same exact thing. So um, so it's 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 often funny to look at that and look at kind of the double standard sometimes. In this case, finding out if your advisor, the person who's going to help you make investment decisions. Let's talk about what the what the CFP does uh, first. Let's talk about that because even, this guy wasn't just not only not a CFP, he he wasn't even licensed or registered. And and Bobby, if you can talk about your experience with the CFP and what that really brought to the table for you. I can then go over the licenses that I had to have uh, uh, just to just to, you know, check boxes that I think protect people. Right. So to be clear, first of all, being a CFP does not mean that you can actually execute a lot of different financial um, things that people might want done. For example, I am not licensed and Joe will go into licensing. I'm not licensed to sell anyone insurance. I'm not I don't have a series seven so I can give advice, but I'm not going to actually execute the plans necessarily. And you don't need to go to a CFP to manage your money. A CFP is going to have a knowledge base and going to be give you advice. We are fiduciaries, meaning we have to put what's best for you first, not necessarily what's best for us. And that does impact how I manage my business. You won't see a ton of affiliate links and such on my website. I could have them, but I choose not to because that's just not necessarily in line with what I want to be doing. There's a big ethics code. In fact, the CFP board just put out a new, um, and I think a new better uh, ethics code for CFPs and there's constant communication. We also are required to do um, continuing education through a certain number of credits, which is both academic, it can be courses, it can be attending conferences. So there are educational standards and most importantly, ethics that go into being a CFP. But I do want to stress, absolutely, you do not need to be working with a CFP to have somebody managing your money. You want someone who has the right credential for you, but a legit credential. And that could be being an IRA, a registered a registered investment advisor. We just lost uh, Bobby there for a second. The, um, I think, I think though it's funny to hear between the lines of, of what Bobby's saying is just the huge amount of education that comes with that. Like there is a huge educational component. It's very difficult. Uh, the curriculum for the CFP is incredibly difficult. And I think often people downplay. They go, well, you don't need an advisor, which is fine. I don't like having smart people around me either. But I think that that was sarcasm, by the way. Sorry. The, uh, but I think to Bobby's point, finding that right advisor that fits, 
I wouldn't discount the CFP program, just what somebody has to go through to get right. that. When it comes to these licenses they talk about, not only are, do the licenses pertain to things like making sure that they're not help, helping people um, uh, launder money, as an example, is a big thing, or they're helping people cheat or steal, like being able to see those licenses give people that, um, that education. It also teaches people how markets actually work. And there's a bunch of stuff that people say about markets that just frankly, in, in real life doesn't happen. And while I would say that licenses don't teach real life, they also gave me a background, you know, getting that Series 7, having a Series 63, having the different insurance licenses to know what professionally the things that I needed to do to make sure that my clients were protected, uh, what mattered to the state. Um, those are, those are also huge. So you can choose to have somebody like a baggage handler help you manage your money and they might know a lot about money. You know, nothing said that the advice that this guy gave was bad, Bobby, but, but still having that level of advice versus all the advice. And frankly, it was illegal. Uh, yes. which also should matter. I right. think uh, I think there's some important things here. I want to point out, uh, for those of you not watching, by the way, if you want to watch us, you want to hang out while we make the show, head to stackybenjamins.com, or excuse me, facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins, the Stacky Benjamins Facebook page where we put these on. Uh, David from the Debt Free Guy says, to do your due diligence, I like uh, FINRA's broker check. David points out broker check, which is a fantastic resource. Just go to brokercheck.finra.org. Ask for a copy, by the way, of your financial advisor's ADV. Now, I had an ADV when I was a financial advisor. I'll tell you, that thing will put you to sleep in a hurry. But you you have to know who you're working with. And the ADV, no matter what the advisor tells you, will will tell you specifically about how they're paid, how they make recommendations, what they can do and what they can't. And the parameters of an ADV spell out in writing. And by the way, if anything ever comes to a problem that you have with your advisor, Bobby, it's not going to come down to what the advisor told you. It's going to come down to the writing. Exactly. I do want to point out, we did do a quick survey on our Instagram account, which is at Money Friends Pod. Please follow us there, our Instagram stories. So the question that we asked our audience, and then I'll see what Joe thinks the answer was, and then we'll reveal it. The question was, how well have you really, really in capital letters, verified your financial advisor? And the answers were, the the options were uh uh-oh or solid. What do you think our audience said? Well, our audience is so, this is hard because our audience is pretty savvy, but I'll tell you when people came in to meet with me, they never asked enough questions. They didn't Mm -hmm. ask nearly enough questions. Um, and I had all the credentials. I had all the, all the licenses. I mean, I, I I was, I was fine, but they didn't ask any of those questions, which scared me. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's, if people are being honest, 75%, uh, uh-oh. 100% 100% uh-oh. 100% oh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I said really verified. And I think the implication from that, even though I didn't elaborate, was did you really like, you know, look them up in the FINRA database? Did you really look up, sure. you know, on the CFP board? 
um, whether they are a CFP. And, and, and like I mentioned earlier in the show, I mean, I think many people just assume um, that because I say I'm a CFP, I am. And I love it when people verify that. I think that's the right thing to do. And everyone should verify it. Certainly if you're giving your money, these people actually gave their money to this guy. He could have just stolen it. There's no evidence that he did steal it, which is awesome. Yeah. But he could have just taken it, frankly. And that's what's really terrifying. It's not even just about maybe he wasn't the greatest money manager. They, Eric, they let him have all their personal information. Eric brings up a good point, by the way. Eric Robarge, who's hanging out with us also today. Eric's on Team Joe next time. Well, David, uh, I like how David from your team gives one way yes. to check out advisors. Eric from my team. Nice job, Eric. Evening the playing field. Not all advisors, uh, Bobby, are registered the same way. If you have an investment advisor called an IAR, uh, Eric points to advisorinfo.sec.gov forward slash IAPD is a way to uh, is the way to check out those advisors. So if you don't find anything at FINRA, it might be how your advisors registered. And by the way, any good advisor will know where you can check them out and is happy to tell you these sites. I was always happy when somebody would ask me how to check me out. I give them the sites. And by the way, I've, I've said this openly. I had a complaint on my, on my broker check. So if you went and looked at my broker check, there was one there. And it, and to the one person who ever asked me about that one, it created a great conversation. They still hired me. Um, it was it was it was very interesting. That's for another show. What that was about, but anyway. <laughs> I also want to just mention that there are wonderful ways to just get advice from people that may be your peers that maybe went through similar experiences, and that advice is valuable as well. It doesn't have to come from a professional person. We're talking about when you are literally giving them decision-making power over your money. And that's what happened here. This is not just advice. I think there's amazing advice through all the different social media channels. People have blogs, people have YouTube channels that have great advice that can just be useful in making decisions. And, And that's just awesome. I love that we have that because that's relatively new that we have that um, advice from peers and it can be so motivating, extremely educational and has a lot of value. And you will notice that all the best sites have disclosures at the bottom, explaining what their qualifications are, explaining how they're paid and what you need to know to put their advice in context. Kind of like we have at the end of the show, right? Yes. Same thing. The mic drop again. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, a theme here. Bobby makes a brilliant statement, drops the mic. That's that's the way we play here. Hey, uh, speaking of affiliate relationships, we talked about that earlier. We have an affiliate relationship, Bobby, with M1 Finance. Thanks to them for supporting uh, Money with Friends. What we love about M1 Finance, what I love about M1 Finance as a former advisor, is that it's not about individual positions. You no longer are buying 100 shares of X or 15 shares of Y. You're buying positions as if you're creating a portfolio. And by the way, if you don't know how to diversify a portfolio, uh, M1 Finance can provide you with a suite of different portfolios, all based on modern portfolio theory, which, by the way, that's another show. Go look up modern portfolio theory and you see how responsible investing that is. Uh, it's easy then to invest. It's easy to make sure that your investments are in the right place. It's also easy to rebalance once or twice a year. So to find out how it all works, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash M, the number one finance for more. And if you use our link, by the way, that is an affiliate relationship. So they give us a little thank you for sending you their way. So thanks to everybody who's used our link. All right. uh, Time for our takeaways on this piece. Uh, uh, Sandy 
Sandy Smith from Yes, I Am Cheap, who was a season one alumni hanging out with us. Uh, I think her takeaway from her comments today that we've had below are basically don't hire a baggage handler to be your advisor. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. And I just want to give a shout out to Kathy, who uh, is taking place in our poll uh, that we had on Instagram. She's now adding her two cents on our Facebook, saying that uh, she did seem to check out her financial advisor because she says it's solid in terms of her confidence that her financial advisor is legit. She's done her due diligence. So kudos to you, Kathy. Yeah. Thanks for participating. And by the way, nothing against baggage handlers. If you're a baggage handler and you know a lot about money, that's fantastic. But at least get registered. How about that? Uh, uh, Bobby, what's your takeaway here? All right. Sometimes when people say things like they really mean it, we believe them. There are so many people there out there offering financial advice and management, but are they qualified in the way you assume they are? It's fine if you want advice from a peer or someone who's been through your similar experiences and they present themselves accurately that way, as is, as is the case with many financial advice bloggers and podcasters and so on, but make sure to read their disclosures when they say that this blog is for entertainment or educational purposes only. They mean it. They are not necessarily licensed professionals unless they say so, which is also great. And that's fine. As long as everybody plays by the rules, take advice from people that you trust. But if you're giving them your actual money, make sure that they are qualified for that as well. I like that takeaway because I think too many people, uh, think that because they listen to podcasts or they read books or whatever, that, that that's is a substitute for a financial advisor. And that those are really two different things. And that's, that's actually my takeaway, Bobby. So I'm going to just pick up that baton right where you <laughs> left it. Cause I really like that. You know, it's, it, it's, it's funny. We do live in a spot. Bobby talked about this earlier. We live in a time where advice has become a commodity. There's advice all over the place. There's good advice. There's bad advice. There are, there's tons of advice. There's advice that suits you, advice that doesn't. And you can certainly wade through it. But you know what I like having? I like having people in my corner that are smarter than me that can help me wade through the tons and tons of commodities that are out there and help me decide which ones are for me. That then becomes the problem. And it's such a problem that if I'm going to wade through the advice and make sure that it fits me, doesn't it make sense to make sure that those people who are going to help me wade through the advice, they not only know about me, but they're working in an official capacity above the law. That, I think, doesn't take very long to do. It doesn't take all that long to just check some boxes and make sure you check out your advisor. You should certainly ask more questions than that. You should ask them about how they're going to work with you. Do they work with other people like you? There's lists all over the internet about lists to ask advisors. Sadly, when I was an advisor, people didn't ask me very many questions. I think this is the one area of your life where you really need to ask a lot of questions. But first and foremost, are you a baggage handler who also has a license? That might be the, the, my takeaway. And he could have been. Could have been. Nothing wrong with that. He could have easily been and for some reason decided not to. All right. That's going to do it for today. Thanks to everybody for hanging out with us. Bobby, people want to participate in the next poll. How do they do that? At Money Friends Pod on Instagram. Follow us closely on the stories. We usually post them about up to 24 hours before we tape our show. So just stay close to Instagram at Money Friends Pod. And also please follow us on Twitter as well. Same handle. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. On behalf of Bobby Rebel, I'm Joe Salci. I will see you back here next time. Bye-bye. 
This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Our engineer is Caden Thompson. And for a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with a real episode of Money with Friends. <laughs>